0: Break down.
1: From ninety point three WESS and East Stroudsburg University, East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. It's time for the breakdown. Yes, sir. And Nick Federico, Andy Perez here. It's five o'clock. Andy, it's time to go, buddy. It's the
2: breakdown, baby. All things sports. Ready to get into it. Got a lot going on today. Yes, sir.
1: Now we got to start with with some. I don't know if you want to call it the major news in the NF- yeah, in the it's, NBA it's some right some now. Knicks news. Ugh. You know what? Let's let's do this. I'll have the man himself explain it to you. If you haven't if you haven't heard already, my New York Knicks who are just so dysfunctional for the last 20 years, not it's not even a laughing matter anymore. I'll have the man tell you himself. This is courtesy of ESPN, this is Spike Lee talking about his incident at Madison Square Garden the other night. So take a listen here.
0: Entrance for 28 plus years. The employees entrance on 33rd Street. Yesterday, last night, I go in, my ticket gets scanned. I'm in. I well, you know the elevator. Yes. I go in the elevator. And elevator, I, and also people having their ticket scanned also. And elevator's not moving. And the security guy comes to me and says, we need you to get off the elevator. I said, for what? So we well, we could speak about it now. I said, I'm not getting out of the elevator. So it was another five minutes, then they finally send the elevator up because they know I'm not getting out the elevator. Get on the elevator, as you know, people don't know, the garden floor is on the fifth floor. i go up to five. And security's waiting for you like it just ran out of Macy's stealing something. And they said, You, this guy, security guy, they're all, this comes from the top. He says, Mr. Lee, you have to leave Madison Square Garden. They wanted me to leave the garden, walk outside, that, out to 33rd Street, employers where I came from, walk outside, and come back on 31st Street. Mm. And I said, I'm not doing that. First of all, you scan my ticket. You can't scan a ticket twice. Also, I know that once you leave a sporting arena event, you can't come back in. So I don't trust these guys, so I'm not going for the okie doke Also, why are you taking a perp walk? For what? Let me just get I, it. Hold on, hold on, let, me, let me finish. Yeah, OK. So I said, I'm not leaving. Then I, and then they said, we want you to leave the garden. I put my hands behind my back, and I said, arrest me like my brother Charles Oakley. Then I got that got guy, there's some brothers I know. I grew up in Fort Greene, Brooklyn, Has Spike, man, Butter, bada, bada, bada. They said, Spike, This' some crazy stuff, but if we take you in the elevator and go to the sixth floor, and outside the garden, go to the sixth floor, we'll walk you to your seat. I said, bet. So at time, Dolan comes over to me and says, we need to talk. I said, talk about what? We need to talk. I said, Mr. Dolan, I don't want to talk about nothing. So, that was Knicks
2: fan for about 28 years, Mr. Spike Lee. Sheesh, tough scenes there. Not what you want to hear from the New York Knicks. Spike Lee, the ultimate Nick, And, you know, just not really good there from the Knicks. But if you guys didn't know, my co-host Nick Puerto Rico is a Knicks fan. So, I'll let you start off here. What what are your thoughts on all this? First
1: of all, I have the response that the Knicks posted out after this whole thing with Spike Lee happened. You ready for this? Yeah. I didn't show you this off-air on purpose because I want your, in your genuine reaction. Okay, This was a statement from the Knicks about the Spike Lee situation. The idea that Spike Lee is a victim because we have, reported, we have repeatedly asked him to not use our employee entrance and instead use a dedicated VIP entrance, which is used by every other celebrity who enters the garden, is laughable. It's disappointing that Spike would create this false controversy to promote drama. This is welcome to he is welcome to come to the garden anytime via the VIP or general entrance, just not through our employee entrance, which is what he and Jim agreed to last night when they shook hands.
2: I mean, really? 28 years. You're telling me 28 years. Spike, he was a certain he's been, a, he's been
1: a season ticket holder for a season ticket years.
2: holder representing the Knicks, which not a lot of people actually want to do. He is the Knicks super fan. This guy
1: spends millions of dollars to pay for courtside seats.
2: And you're going to tell this man after 28 years to change it. It's just, it's just really disappointing. Like the state of the Knicks, the organization is just, is ran terribly. It's just atrocious at this point. You know, their last championship was 1973. Their last finals appearance was in 94, losing to Hakeem Olajuwon's Rockets. And they really have not been relevant, you know, much since, since the late nineties. Like it's just really bad. And the state of the Knicks is, is not great right now. Since Jim Dolan
1: has taken over the Knicks, it's been atrocious. The last 20 years have just been an absolute debacle, to say the least. To say the absolute least. But here's the thing I have a problem with. The media, some fans out there that like Jim Dolan, I don't know many of them because there's not that many of them. Stop making excuses for James Dolan being blamed unfairly. This whole thing... Comes right from the top, for sure. This whole thing. Why Spike Lee? First it was Charles Oakley, and then it's fans being escorted out of the garden because they're chanting "sell the team." I'm sorry, last time I checked, we had freedom of speech in
2: this country. We're allowed to say as what, whatever we want as citizens under under some under certain rules, of course. And I mean, yeah, just for them to do as a Spike Lee, like I said, the Knicks super fan at all, all the games. I mean, in the state of the Knicks, like. Just, for example, you have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant going to the borough next door. Yes. Because that is the state of Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. and the New York Knicks. they rather go to the Brooklyn Nets instead of Madison Square Garden and the Knicks. So that should tell you all you need to know about the state of the New York Knicks mm-hmm. at this point.
1: The fact that they would do this to Spike Lee. The fact that James Dolan would go this low. The guy's been a season ticket holder and has been in the front row has been courtside at Nick games for almost 30 years.
2: How are you going to do that to this man? He, could, he should be able to go in whatever entrance he well so desires. Of course. And now Spike says, you know, he's probably not going to Knicks games the rest of the season. I don't blame him. How, why season? would he? I don't blame him as well. So, I mean, the whole situation is just, you know, unfortunate. And yeah, Spike Lee definitely feeling disrespected. This guy spends millions
1: so. of dollars each year to go to every Nick home game, to go to every game of the Garden. It makes me sick that this happens, absolutely sick. I think the NBA needs to step in here. James Dolan, he, he he he, acts like he's a king. He need the NBA needs to step in here. It's not quite the direction of remember the whole thing with the Clippers and and their owner for you know being very racially yeah, insensitive. Yeah. The NBA stepped in. It's not like that. Yeah. Believe me, and don't get me wrong, it's not like that. But James Dolan is just he's making the number one media market in the world. The most valuable NBA franchise in the world. Could you believe that the New York Knicks are the most valuable NBA franchise in the world? He's making them look like a laughing stock, and it's year in, year out.
2: Yeah, they've just been a laughing stock for you know pretty much the whole 2000s, and not relevant. Just nobody wants to go over there. They're not attractive. It's just it's just crazy right now. But I think uh, we'll leave the Spike Lee and the Knicks stuff there. It's just unfortunate. But now we'll just get into some NBA topics yeah. here.
1: I just want to reiterate, too, that you are listening to The Breakdown at 90.3 WESS, East Stroudsburg University, East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. And Andy and I's opinions are only our opinions. They do not reflect anybody here at East Stroudsburg University or 90.3 WESS, the other DJs here. Only our opinions here.
2: For sure. So let's get into some, you know, NBA talk. Yes. So the Bucks and the Heat. Uh, earlier this week faced off, and the Heat actually kind of demolished the Bucks, 105-89, and Giannis Antetokounmpo did not have his greatest game at all. He went 6-for-18, he only had 13 points, was 0-for-4 from 3, and, you know, the Heat, uh, this is a potential playoff matchup, you know, the Heat right now sitting at the 4th seed, the Bucks right now at first seed. So this could be a potential playoff matchup. And we saw that Giannis, you know, we've seen this from time to time where certain defenses kind of bother him mm-hmm. when you have a, a great defensive scheme and kind of, you know, stack the paint up. And it bothered him here again. So my question is, like, if this is a second round matchup, mm-hmm. can he actually make some noise? And how much do you believe in Giannis? Uh, you know
1: what? Giannis is... He's allowed to have a bad game. Yeah, for sure. Everybody has
2: bad games. We're not yes. going to say nobody has bad games, but we have seen this with certain defensive schemes, so that's why I think it's a good The fact it that it was
1: against Miami maybe says a little something because they're probably, I mean, they could meet in the playoffs. Yeah. So that maybe says a little something. I'm not taking too much stock into this, honestly. Okay. Giannis is allowed to have a bad game. I think the game, if, let me look here. I think the game after that, Giannis went uh, against the Indiana Pacers. He went off for, he had. 29 points. Yeah, I mean, so. listen,
2: Giannis, obviously one of the best players in the world. He's allowed to have bad games. Mm-hmm. But the reason we're kind of pointing this out is because we saw, obviously, last year, the Raptors. They have Kawhi on the wing defending them. Yeah. And they stack the paint with trees. Ibaka, Marc Gasol, mm-hmm. Siakam. And Miami has kind of a similar scheme. Where, like, and they have Jimmy outside, but Bam was also on him. True. And they just let him shoot. Yeah. So these type of defenses are what bothers Giannis. And, you know, in this playoffs, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Mm-hmm. I mean...
1: Yeah, I I agree. I th- I would like to see actually the Heat and Bucks meet up in the playoffs. I think it'd be a really good test for, for Milwaukee to see if they're the real deal, you know what I'm saying? So let's move on. Let's yeah, move on, sure. you know, keeping it with Giannis Keeping a bit. it with
2: Giannis. But, you know, there's been some controversy, some kind of back and forth here with Giannis and Takumbo. And this is
1: going back to All-Star break. Yeah, too.
2: All-Star break and a little last at the end of last year, the MVP. So Giannis and James Harden have some beef going on. Um, this all started also. Uh, Giannis obviously won the MVP last year. James Harden was a little salty that he didn't get as much recognition. He averaged 37 points per game. Mm-hmm. And so in this year's All-Star draft, Giannis was the captain. And Charles Barkley, referring to James Harden, um, said, um, you know, quote, I want someone who's going to pass the ball, Giannis says. (laughs) And after that game, Giannis comes out and says, offensively, we went with whoever James Harden was guarding. Uh, That's who we thought we'd have an opportunity to score on. And then Rachel Nichols interviewed Harden a couple (laughs) of days later. And Harden says, you know, what are you talking about? I Average more assists than him. I really don't know what the joke is. And then he ends up, uh, you know, this quote here saying, I wish I could just run and be seven feet and just dunk, referring to Giannis. That takes no skill at all. And these quotes are coming from ClutchPoints.com. So a little bit of beef going on. We have a little question we have between these two players. But just the thoughts on the little beef, the little banter going on here between Giannis and Harden. I
1: mean, two star players going at it. So obviously they're gonna like they're gonna be words exchanged. I think Giannis kind of started this fire a little bit yeah. because of what he said. I mean Giannis didn't have to say that, but is he wrong? Is Giannis wrong here? Like yeah, to say that what he said? That's
2: kind of the reputation Harden's built around him. Unfortunately, like he he just puts up buckets. Yes, he averages assists. So that's because you know he's such a high usage player. Right. But yeah, for Giannis kind of stepping out saying that, def- definitely definitely you know started off some sparks here. So.
1: Honestly, I think it's just two all-star players. I mean, maybe poking some fun at each other. We don't know if it's real beef or not.
2: Yeah, I think Harden is, you know, a little upset with kind of that's the notion around him and the reputation. Sure. But to a certain extent, obviously, at the end of the interview, he also said, you know, I think I'm the best player in the world. I don't think these guys can mess with me. Well, so the confidence is there.
1: Every star player going to think that. Of course. Bro. You know that. LeBron thinks he's the best in the world. Giannis mm-hmm. thinks he's the best in the world. You know, he, that happens. That, that is a thing. All right. So I guess we'll move on. Karis LeVert. Oh, uh,
2: but wait, really oh, quick. Oh, uh, yeah, really quickly on this Giannis Harden thing. Oh, yeah. Um, we just wanted to kind of touch on getting into the playoffs here. I believe these two guys mm-hmm. have, you know, some of the most pressure on them just because of past playoff performances. You know, Harden has been years and years. He's just less than himself in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and clearly Giannis last year got taken out by the Toronto Raptors in the conference finals and was much less than himself. He was the regular season MVP and did not look like it at all. So. Right here, I think both of these guys have a lot of pressure for different reasons, but going into these playoffs, Giannis or Harden, who do you think has more pressure?
1: I think, uh, you know what? It's hard because it's the Rockets have all this talent that they acquired, including Westbrook, Covington. But, Giannis, Covington, but Giannis, you know, they're number one in the East. Yeah. But, uh, and I think that, I do think Giannis is... Championship window is still very open. It's oh, be for sure. He's still in his Hardens, I think, is slowly but surely closing. Yeah, it's little by little. So I'm kinda gonna lean towards Harden. Okay. Just because, you know, think about this. I know it was years ago when he was younger, but he had Kevin Durant and Westbrook on a team together. They didn't win one three when MVPs. all three of them were together. He goes to Houston, you know. I don't think they haven't even been to, the, to a one
2: conference final. Yeah, they've been to
1: one conference final. How many years Harden's been there? Yep. They haven't been to an NBA Finals, and they surely could. I mean, they oh, surely a, could. A lot of times. But, you know what, I, I think the more the pressure's on Harden, I think Giannis is, Giannis is still very young, has a lot of time. But, you know, I'm not going to give Giannis four or five years to maybe start winning championships, even though he's, he may be winning all these MVPs.
2: Yeah, and I mean for me, correction. You know, the Rockets have been to multiple conference finals, but never got over that hump. Yeah. But when it comes to you know these two and the pressure, I say always, I
1: feel like there's always a better team than Houston. Yeah, for sure. I think Whether when it comes Golden to
2: when it comes to personally how they play, I would say James Harden because he cannot be the reason. Um, you know, Houston loses one of these series. He has to show up and he has to ball like he does in the regular season. When it comes to team success, I would say Giannis. Yeah. He has to be in the finals. He has to make a deep run. And, you know, after the uh, the Raptors outed him last year and the way they did, he was the regular season MVP. He mm-hmm. looked unstoppable all year. Come playoff time. It wasn't the same story. Right. So, you don't want that reputation around that James Harden has kind of built for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like Clayton Kershaw in the MLB to a lesser degree, Peyton Manning in the NFL, and just not showing up in the playoffs as much as you do in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So, when it comes to personal play, I'd say James Harden, but team success, I'll have to say honest.
1: Okay. Fair enough. You can make cases for both teams. For sure. That's for sure. All right. So, we'll talk about Karis LeVert in the Nets a little bit, real quick. He dropped 51 the other Ooh.
2: night. He was on fire.
1: And, you know, we had this kind of conversation going on. How good can the Brooklyn Nets be? I mean, they're, I think they're kind of already thinking about next year yeah. while they're kind of maintaining a spot in the east at the bottom. But next year, if everyone stays healthy for the Nets... You know what? What's their blueprint? Yeah, like there's here.
2: high expectations. Like he touched on, you know, Lavert was just lighting it up. He dropped 51 on 17 of 26, five of 10 from three. The Nets ended up beating the Celtics 129-120 in mm-hmm. overtime. But you know they have an abundance of pieces. You know they right. still have Dinwiddie, Lavert, Joe know, Harris, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. So you plug in Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Uh, I'm sorry we're expecting at the minimum conference finals or you know let's see you in the finals you better be able to compete with the Bucks so
1: you're saying next year
2: next year yes uh, you know KD's coming off that Achilles so Mm -hmm. taking about half a year to get back in his groove right and we know the Kyrie Irving shoulder it's Mm -hmm. still up in the air but we're Uh, saying if everybody's healthy
1: see I kind of think that I'll give the Nets a one year grace period because we don't know what kind okay. of player KD is going to be coming into next year. Yeah, it's an Achilles injury. the The injury has changed players, and and you know, baseball, football, basketball, it's changed players and how they play the game. For sure. So, if the Nets don't, I expect them to make the playoffs next year. Oh, don't get of me course. wrong; they
2: better be a top four. But
1: conference final, NBA finals. Hold your breath. A if little they bit. don't get it, yes, hold their breath.
2: Uh, you see, I'm of the mindset that. KD, I already saw some offseason workouts. I've seen how he looks on the court. Yes, it is an Achilles, but I feel like Achilles really bothers more players who are predicated on mm-hmm. athleticism
0: yeah.
2: and getting to the rim constantly. KD, you know, one of the best shooters all time. Um, he doesn't have to rely on that as much. Mm-hmm. So him and Kyrie, along with what I said, you know, Dinwiddie, Lavert, Harris, I think KD should be almost full health by, you know, next February around there. So that still gives him plenty of time before the playoff run. And along with Kyrie and all those pieces, I they better be in the conference finals, no less, no more, maybe mm-hmm. more. They could be in the finals, but in my opinion, they should be in the conference finals come next season. I
1: just hope, you know, I hope for basketball's sake, not just, you know, Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, they fans stay healthy. Sake, I hope that Kevin Durant is the same for player sure. that he was. Because if, if he is, him and Kyrie together are a lethal duo. If sure. Kyrie stays healthy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I never thought that, Kyrie could do it by himself. Yeah, he's this never year.
2: been Batman. He's kind of that second option. I think
1: maybe Kyrie, maybe if Kyrie is hurt next year, I mean, because you know we don't know. He's been hurt the last three years, four years of his career. If you get just Kevin Durant, I mean, it's probably a different story than it is this year with Kyrie just carrying the team. If KD, if you know, if anything happens to Kyrie, I'm saying. So maybe it's a different story if KD is carrying the load more so next year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
2: of course. And we're judging this, you know, based on if both of them are healthy, of course, and the whole team for for the most part of the mm-hmm. year is healthy. But I mean, you know, KD before before the Achilles is clearly you know top two, top three player, no question about that. It was mm-hmm. coming off the back to back finals MVPs, and you know it's 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 gonna be interesting to see because these guys obviously all the talent in the world, mm-hmm. but will they gel together? Still and, to be determined.
1: And you also have to think. Are they going to bring back some of these guys? I mean, yeah. I think Joe Harris is a free agent after this year. Are they going to bring him back? He's a very lethal three-point shooter. Yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie, what kind of part is he going to yeah, play? Yeah, what kind of role behind he's like a, He's a starter right now. You're gonna, you going know, to demote Six him men. to the bench? Six-man, maybe. Karis LeVert, I think, is without a question, is a starting shooting guard for on this sure. team, for sure. I think your starting five for the Nets next year looks like Kyrie, Karis LeVert, uh, KD. Maybe you get somebody maybe power forward in free agency and then you know Jared Allen at the five.
2: Yeah, I mean look on paper, I just that looks beautiful. That yeah, looks sensational. It does. But yeah. will it translate to on the court? That's to be determined.
1: The thing that, you know, a question going forward with the Nets going into next year is their bench. That's my question. I mean, you look at their bench right now, you know, Joe Harris is on their bench right now. Um, They got, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. They got Wilson Chandler, DeAndre Jordan. Wilson Chandler, DeAndre Jordan there in the later years of their career.
2: I mean, you know, that starting five is what you're going to lean on for sure. But I think maybe, you know, having Dinwiddie as that sixth man, they really have to make sure they keep him. Um, So having Dinwiddie as that sixth man will definitely uh, be really important for them and their bench. But, yeah, that's that's, that's the the Nets right now.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so I guess we were talking about
2: MVPs before. Yeah. Let's get into that. So, yeah, there's, you know, been a lot of talk recently about the MVP, you know, for, you know, the past couple weeks, I'll say a month, Giannis has kind of, you know, been running away with a little bit, but now I think LeBron's getting right back in it. For some of the year, Luka Harden were in it, but as of now, I think it's a two-horse race, Giannis and LeBron, and just kind of. The The notion that the lead is like so insurmountable that mm. LeBron cannot win the MVP, I think is not accurate at all. And I think there's still a lot of time for them, for LeBron to kind of catch up. LeBron is averaging you know, 25 points a game, 10 assists, 8 boards on 50%, 35 from 3. And then we have Giannis averaging thirty points a game, fourteen rebounds, six assists, fifty-five from the field, or you know sixty-two from the line. So obviously both great numbers. Bucks are fifty and nine. Lakers are forty-six and thirteen. So both great, but I was just you know thinking LeBron still has a chance in this, even though people count them out.
1: I mean. There's, I don't see there's any reason why. I think they're kind of 1A and 1B right now. I don't think it's Giannis 1, LeBron 2. Yeah. I kind of think, you know, LeBron, you know, it does help him that he has AD, no question about it. But um, I don't know. I think if the Lakers keep doing what they're doing, I don't see why not. But the fact – I mean, the, the East is the
2: weaker conference. Yes, that's something I was going to point the out. The East is
1: a weaker conference. I mean, let's just put that out there. Right
2: Great on. point. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean – There's a couple. It's hard to say because they're both great players. Yeah, I think there's a couple things here that LeBron has to do down the stretch here, the last you know 25 or so games, to to put him back in this conversation. So he has the upcoming matchup uh, on Mm. Friday, Friday night with the Bucks, and then also Sunday versus the Clippers. He has to win both games. And he has to show up and show out versus both teams. For sure. As you guys know, the, the Lakers lost both games to the Clippers, so they're 0-2 versus them as of now. But LeBron has to win the last two matchup versus the Clippers. He has to beat the Bucks, And if he does those two things, balls out, and then you see Giannis kind of have a couple iffy games. And I think, you know, they're right there. And LeBron leading the league in assists at mm-hmm. 35, switching over to point guard. So, not enough to say about this guy. It's it's a great race though right now. I
1: know you're a big LeBron guy, but you can also make the argument that Giannis is doing more with less on the bucks itself. Yeah. Like he's the he's the best player on their team, though that it's not even close. Chris Middleton's a nice piece. Yeah, awesome. He's not he's in you know, but not lower superstar, caliber, Yeah, player. LeBron
2: has A D, that's the thing, right?
1: Yeah. But I think you have to you, know, you have to give AD a little more credit. I think it's not just all LeBron this year. Normally it is. Yeah. AD's had a big season this year. That's kind of you know not being talked about really.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think something on uh, AD clearly balling out this year. Uh, two he helps top LeBron's five game a lot. Yeah, two, Heck of a lot. two top five players. And I think uh, you know LeBron and the Lakers without AD though this year they're six and two. Mm-hmm. ADs miss eight games. And they have a nice bench, too. They're 6-2 I mean... without them, so I think that also c- should come into consideration. And as you said, the Eastern Conference is definitely the weaker conference. Mm-hmm. And all I would hear through LeBron's whole career is, oh, he's in the East. Yeah, it's through the eight finals, For sure. through the MVPs. Yes. He's in the East. Exactly. You know, they would always bring that up. And, That's the
1: same argument you have with Giannis And right I don't now. think
2: they're bringing that up enough with Giannis. So, right. you know, the narrative always changes, I feel, to kind of bring down LeBron a little bit. But, you know, the Eastern Conference is definitely the weaker conference. You have
1: to think about this, too. Steph Curry, his year he won MVP unanimously. Was yeah. when the, was when the, the, the Warriors, Warriors won, won 73, seven, win 73 games. I mean, it's not to say that the Bucks are not close to that. And yeah. they're doing more with less.
2: Yeah, I mean,
1: listen. But again, it's in the East. Yeah, in the
2: East. Exactly. Listen, Giannis You can make that argument every time now. Yeah, he is the front runner as of right now. If the season were to end the day, he would win it. He is the front runner. But there is definitely room for LeBron to catch him. Yeah. There's definitely room for that. And like I said, I laid it out. LeBron has to do a couple things, starting with that Friday night matchup, head-to-head against Giannis. Yep. He has to show up. It's in L.A. You know, they got home. He has to show up. And, you know, going down the line, I definitely think uh, the gap kind of narrows. Mm mm-hmm.
1: So that'll be it for NBA talk here in the breakdown. We will take a break and we'll be back with some big MLB news. Ooh, yeah. Someone got a huge contract. Oh,
2: I, I could take a breath. And yeah. <laughs> it's a couple Red Sox Yankees topics. Yeah, here We'll get sure. to
1: that. I'm about to yell about it even more. Then we'll talk some NFL. I might rant about my Jets a little bit. I haven't done that yet <laughs> here in the breakdown. So we'll get a little bit of that. And then we'll end today with take it or leave it. You are listening to the breakdown here on 90.3 WESS and East Stroudsburg University on East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. This is the breakdown. We'll be right back after these messages.
2: Welcome back. You're listening to 90.3 WESS, East Strasburg University, East Strasburg, Pennsylvania. And this is The Breakdown. You're listening to Andy Perez or DJ AP, joined by my co-host. What's up,
1: y'all? Nick Federico here, of course. For sure. So
2: we were discussing some NBA, but, you know, the MLB is upon us. Spring training is here. We love MLB and baseball over here at The Breakdown. So a couple things to get into. But first, we have a a contract extension here. Mm Mm-hmm. With Christian Yelich.
1: Christian Yelich, I mean, thank the Lord he's getting this kind of money. This man deserves it. Oh, for sure. This man absolutely deserves it. This is according to Ken Rosenthal. reports that Christian Yelich's new contract will pay him $12.5 million in 2020, $14. Point million in 2021, and the 2022 option will be torn up and replaced with a seven-year extension in the realm of a $190 million range. The total value is around 215 million dollars, and the contract will also include deferrals. So, Andy, initial thoughts on the Yelich deal?
2: Oh man, I mean, you know, Yelich clearly one of the elites in the game, and it's a definitely a a ballpark or a team friendly contract. Yep. You know, Yelich. Took a discount. We don't see this a lot. No. So Yelich kind of took a discount. He was going to be a free agent really soon, and he could have got you know Mike Trout got uh, fourteen years, four hundred thirty million. Bryce Harper, you know, got the thirteen years, three hundred thirty million. And we know Mookie Betts. You know, one of the reason the Red Sox traded him is because mm-hmm. he's in line for some of that type of money. So Yelich takes the discount here, and you know he's just one of the game's best players, and you know he guarantees himself some money, but. You know, he wants to stay in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just great for both sides. Yelich has been a monster since he's got there. And Milwaukee gets to keep their, their superstar.
1: Yeah. The top three guys that Milwaukee's paying right now, Ryan Braun and Lorenzo Cain, along with Christian Yelich. So you're right. It is a very team-friendly contract. He's, you know, he's been on discount for a while, yeah. but he's also not, you know, heckling them. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not a 300000000 million. I'm not saying he's not a $300 million player. Absolutely. I think he is. Yeah. But He's not getting that Mike Trout money. He's not getting that Giancarlo Stanton money. Which he very well could have. Oh, oh, of course. Of course he can. You can make that argument. But he's not getting that Stanton money, the Trout money. Mm -hmm. I mean, who knows? Maybe seven years comes up, maybe he gets another big payday. I mean, but this is a big payday for him right now as we speak.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a good payday, good for both sides. But I'm just going to take the time here to just show some love to Christian Yellis. Yeah. You know, he doesn't really get as much of the national spotlight or, you know, the Trout, the Mookie Betts, the Aaron Judge even, you know, type of thing. You know, he won the 2018 MVP, hit 36 bombs, 110 ribbies, hit 326. And ever since. Now, why uh, do you think that is, though? Uh, he doesn't get as much spotlight. Why? Oh, uh, maybe the market has to do with it a little bit. Milwaukee. It's like you
1: read my mind.
2: My guy. <laughs> hey, that's why you're my co-host. That's right. So Milwaukee, the market a little bit. And, you know, baseball, a little more under the radar than NBA, NFL, when it comes to the big you Wisconsin, know, more
1: like a football town. Yeah, Love their not,
2: not exactly a baseball town. So I think that. But Christian Yelich, ever since he's landed in Milwaukee, He's just a perennial MVP candidate at this point. I put him right behind Mike Trout as the mm-hmm. second best player in the world. You know, last season he he missed almost all of September. He only played 130 games. He had 44 homers with 97 RBIs. He hit 330. I mean, you know, he can steal bags for you. He plays elite defense. Mm-hmm. The guy does it all. So I just want to show Christian Yelich some love because you this can't discount
1: Cody Bellinger though. Yes, because yeah, him.
2: of course he's. I think right behind Yelich. Yes. Top three player as well. And they, they were battling going back and forth all year for that MVP. So I think, you know, Christian Yellich, just got to highlight him a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's, I think he I think he's my favorite to win NL MVP this year. Yeah. I, I would love to see him win it again. Um, hopefully he stays healthy. I for mean, sure. Hopefully, you know, these stars get these big contracts lately. Mm. And then, like, an injury bug suddenly yeah, hits them. but I he's right know. in his prime. He's I think injury bugs are money hungry, I think. That's what yeah. I think.
2: Oh, she's maybe. Yeah, but he's right in his prime. He's 28. And, I mean, he looks like he's not slowing down anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. So good for good for Yelich. Good for the Brewers. Should be an exciting team to watch next year for sure.
1: All right, time to yell again. Oh, man. <clears throat> Well, actually, you' well, you're not so frustrated in that right now. But this was Lord. like if this was yesterday, oh maybe yeah, they, little... I
2: would have yeah, gone off the roof. Okay, well, I'll kind of introduce this for you just to let you go off. So, Aaron Judge and Stanton. Now, if you were listening to the breakdown last week, which you should have, which you should have, um, you got the news that Luis Severino had Tommy John, and then Giancarlo Stanton also might you know miss the beginning of the year. And now it comes word that Aaron Judge, on top of that. Also, oh, is injured and might not start off the year healthy. Maybe precautionary. It's early, but already guys looking a little injured, a little bit last year. I don't know. You guys, uh, Nick is a Yankees fan here, so just what do you think of this development? Again, for the
1: second week in a row. Why does this happen to me? <laughs> why I don't understand. I really just I don't get it. I, is the Yankees training staff? Uh, you know, I don't know what's going on. And obviously, Aaron Judge doesn't either. I'm about to read you some quotes, but. Judge and Stan are likely out for opening day. Yeah, Judge with this pectoral muscle thing, Stan with this grade one calf strain. What is happening in Tampa, Florida, right now when they're playing spring training? What is happening? Yeah, this I is mean. this is quotes from Judge via the New York Post. He still has nothing, Judge said Thursday morning as he stood by his locker at Steinbrenner Field in Tampa. You guys have been seeing me run around, different uh, different appointments, different doctors, so I still got nothing for you. So Judge doesn't even know what's going on here. He's frustrated by this, this weird pectoral injury that he's got. Yeah. So... Continue on here. There are a couple of more tests, a couple of more talks with doctors. Try to figure out what is going what's going on because quite a few of the tests are coming back clean, said judge, um, who has been getting a battery of tests on his shoulder, right pectoral muscle, and his rib cage area.
2: This poor guy. Put him in bubble wrap, please, <laughs> please. Yeah, he missed a good portion of last year. And look, I'm a loyal, diehard Red Sox fan, but I do not wish injury on anybody. Even though I do not like the Yankees, clearly as every Red Sox fan does. But yeah, this got to be a little concerning for you Yankees fans. I mean, last year you guys it was just injury after injury. Yeah, a lot of guys stepped up and filled in those roles, and you guys still won over 100 games. But you know, like I said, you know, circumstances do change. And this year, you guys already lose uh, Luis Severino, which is a big deal, in my opinion. Clearly, you know, one of your top three pitchers. You guys lose him. Now, Judge comes up a little hobbled. Stanton is like, is this a replay of last year? Mm-hmm. Hopefully not. As I said, I don't wish injury, but James has got to be concerning. James
1: Paxton as well. But, Aaron Hicks. Yep. Expected back, you know, spring training. Yeah, he's recovering from a 2019 Tommy John, Um, yeah, Tommy John surgery. Aaron Hicks. It looks like the... Because the Yankees have something going on with Tommy John. I, don't, I really don't know what's going on here, but.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, this has got to be concerning. You know, Judge and Stan, clearly, you know, two of their best players. And, you know, their lineup is clearly stacked. You guys mm-hmm. have still a lot of depth in your rotation as well.
1: Well, I, well that's actually what I want to talk about. I want to talk about, like, the depth and the outfield that the okay. Yankees have. You look at it here, no Stan, no Judge. You're looking at Mike Talkman. I like Mike Togman. He's fine. He played very well in the middle of Nice last little year. player. He got Gardner in center. Hicks is battling an injury. But I'm seeing this depth chart here. You got Tyler Wade. Not a huge fan of Tyler Wade, honestly. Clint Frazier is still the biggest question mark probably in the Yankees system. Yeah. And then, I, this is actually news to me. The third person in left field is Miguel Andujar.
2: Mm, trying him out in the outfield, maybe?
1: Interesting. Because they're having, they're giving. It's Gio Urshela's job to lose at third base for sure. I believe. I don't think that's a bad idea. I
2: kind of like that. Yeah, you know, Andujar's bat, that's never been the problem. No. It's just been his glove at third base. You right know, now, he's penciled in as the number one DH because Stan's hurt. Okay, because Stan's hurt. Yeah, you could you know, you know, could put Andujar at some DH, but yeah. maybe not out of the question, throwing him in the outfield, especially with these injuries, because, you know, Andujar's bat, he was one of the better rookies his rookie year, and that bat has never been a problem. So maybe if you can throw him out in the outfield, might help. Uh, maybe something there.
1: I don't know, Andy. I, I just... I really don't have anything else to say. I, re- <laughs> I really am just at a loss for words that this is yeah. happening.
2: At least, you know, Severino's the only season ending injury as of now. You know, Judge and Stan should still be good for a lot of portion of the year. And
1: then we forget about Domingo Herman, too, who's also Suspension. on the restricted list. So that's what I got going for me. Andy got some little bad news. Oh,
2: bad, but it could have been much worse. Yeah. So Chris Sale, um, you know, this past week had a sore elbow. And it has come to the attention that the Red Sox actually sent his opinion to Dr. James Andrews. And One if of the you, best in the business. And if you guys do not know, when it comes to a pitcher and Dr. James Andrews, those are two things you do not want to hear. No. Because he is the specialist for Tommy John. And when pitchers go out with Tommy John, it's at least 12 to 18 months. So that was what was reported for Chris Sale. But thank the Lord. As of right now, Chris Sale does not need Tommy John surgery because that would have put our season pretty much in the toilet. So he does not need Tommy John. It is just a flexor strain, but he's going to, you know, have to come back in a week or two, kind of come back and get settled in again and start pitching. But I could just I could take a deep breath (laughs) because if Chris Sale would have been out this whole year, our season, it would have been so tough. Obviously, with the departure of David Price and Mookie Betts, you know, Price in our rotation, it would have been big. But I could take a deep breath here, Nick. Mm.
1: You know, I can't say the same for myself, but <laughs> I don't want to say, again, I don't want to wish, in, wish injury upon anybody. Yeah. You know, the fact that it's the Boston Red
2: Sox. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, watch it there, bud.
1: <laughs> yeah. I actually want to go a little bit more in depth on your Red Sox. You don't really get to talk about them a lot as yeah, a team. for sure. So I want to touch on this a little bit for about a minute or two. They're... Starting rotation. Yeah. Your ace there is Rodriguez. Yeah, if Sale, yeah, if Sale does not if fight sale, opening day. You know, yeah. yeah. So you're looking at Rodriguez, Evaldi, Perez, Weber, and, you know, Sale's at the five, but he's, you know, he's
2: not going to be there for a while. Are you – how do you feel about this rotation? Yeah, listen, I think the rotation is definitely a bit alarming and a bit disturbing, and I'm not happy with it, especially if Sale goes down because now the departure of Price looks even worse. Because yes. if we have Price there – even if sale goes out for you know a month or two, then I'm still fairly confident. We have a couple good arms, you know, Yadra Rodriguez, Yavaldi, Martin Perez is a nice solid pitcher, but no price now. That kind of takes away all our depth there from the mm-hmm. rotation. So I'm um, sale is the biggest part, no question. Like if he is not dominant this year, and if he does not come back to top five pitcher form, then our rotation cannot be very very mm-hmm. great, to be honest. And honestly.
1: I don't watch the Red Sox call. I just watch them play the Yankees. Doesn't look like they have much of a bullpen to really. Yeah, again,
2: here. last season, you know, we do not re-sign Craig Kimbrell. Uh, you know, the closer role is just a revolving door with Matt Barnes, Brandon Workman. It's just a revolving door. We have no set closer and again, we're coming into the season without uh, you know, solidified closer, which is a question mark, but I still believe we have one of the best offenses in MLB, even though no Mookie Betts. We still have Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, J.D. Martinez, Young Stud, Michael Chavis, you know, among a couple others. I think we still have one of the better lineups. So I think there's still some room there that, that we can still make a playoff run. So that's what I'm hoping for there.
1: Who do you think going to be maybe a breakout player that you're kind of not expecting here?
2: Oof, I mean, like I said, Chavis last year had a really great year. Um, that Alex Verdugo guy from, from the Dodgers that we got in the Mookie Best trade, I feel like he's a little bit he's under. He's penciled in as
1: your starting right fielder Yeah, right he's going to
2: be our starter, you know, a little bit under the radar. And Jackie Bradley Jr. kind of had an off year last year. One of the, you know, better defensive center fielders in the He's mm-hmm. coming off a of gold glove. So, you know, I think his back could come along a little bit more. But, you know, I'm looking, you know, for Alex Verdugo, Chavis maybe, step up, have a bigger year. And I need Devers, Bogarts, J.D., to keep doing what they're doing. They, uh, Devers and Bogarts had breakout years last year. They were, you know, in MVP talks for some part of the year. So I need both of them to keep that going and J.D. to be himself as well.
1: For sure. So that's our Major League Baseball talk here in the breakdown. We will move it over to the NFL. Not much going on in the NFL. offseason. I'm going to talk about my Jets in a little bit. But there was a trade that went on yep. between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Denver Broncos. The Broncos actually pulled off the first big move of the NFL offseason, acquiring corner A.J. Boye. From the Jacksonville Jaguars for a 2024th round pick, Broncos will take on the remaining two years of Boyer's contract, while the Jaguars will continue to rebuild. That is from ESPN. So, looking at AJ Boyer's remaining contract, the contract that the Jacksonville Jaguars gave him in free agency five years, sixty-seven point five million dollars. Hmm. Again, there's two two more years remaining on that contract, so the Denver Broncos will have to pay that one a little bit. Um, highly talented corner coming from the. Houston Texans a couple years ago, but I really, I really do like this move for for Denver, especially because they need to fill in that right cornerback spot. You know, pairing him with Chris Harris with Chris Harris Jr. and AJ Boye, I think that's a pretty good matchup between.
2: Yeah, I think that's a nice little move there for the Broncos. Like you said, you know, a nice corner there. You know, maybe not in the elite tier, mm-hmm. but maybe just below. So that should definitely help their secondary out. But what is the state of the Broncos at this point? I mean. Um, they're kind of going
1: with they're going with Drew Locke at quarterback. I'm pretty sure. Yeah,
2: the young so, the young guy they drafted.
1: You know, Joe Flacco has you know he's been seasoned veteran in this league. He's not the answer. So I think the Broncos are just going forward. John Elway is moving with Drew Locke. They got Philip Lindsay, who's a star running back, a stud that they picked up uh, in the draft a couple of years ago. Cortland Sutton's a nice piece. Deshaun Hamilton at wide receiver. Noah Fant's a nice young tight end, and they got a pretty good offensive line.
2: Okay, so yeah, they they got a good you know good core there. You know, AJ Boye definitely adds you know. Uh, helping that secondary and that defense. So, nice little move. The offseason yeah. gets started. From the Broncos making one of those first moves. So, yeah.
1: so um, I think the draft is... I think the league year doesn't start until March 18th. That's when free agency officially starts. So, we got a couple more weeks. To, probably when we come back, that will be around. It'll probably be around um, that yeah, time. Oh, yeah, right around there. So, I will... Since there's not much football to go on to I will just touch on my New York Jets my beloved yes. my number 1 team my beloved go New ahead. York Jets the Jets Knicks uh, fan you know I don't I, they made a big I wouldn't say big they made a good free agent signing a decent one Josh Dawkins a wide receiver from the Redskins he's all right I mean he's been hurt a lot in his career in his young career he was a number 1 overall pick a couple years ago he was first uh, not first overall I'm sorry he was a 22nd overall pick in 2016, he's played 34 games in his career, so it's very you know he's been very injury-riddled, okay. say the least. But the Jets kind of needs some kind of they need some kind of weapon here. Yeah, you know, with Robbie Anderson being in question, there's actually a report coming out in ESPN uh, before we came on today that the Jets are very very interested in bringing Robbie Anderson back, and I would love that. It'd be great. I don't know if he's worth the 15 million dollars a year that he wants. I don't really know if I want to pay him that if I'm Joe Douglas, but We'll see what happens. Josh uh, Doxson's, I'll I'll take a flyer on a guy like Josh though. Yeah,
2: for sure. I mean, you guys obviously have a couple pieces there. You know, Sam Darnold, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. Le'Veon Bell. um, But how confident are you in Sam Darnold being that quarterback going forward?
1: Listen, this is going back when the Jets first drafted him. This is the guy everyone wanted, except for the Cleveland Browns, obviously, because they drafted Baker Mayfield. Yeah. But I love Sam. I really do. A lot of Jet fans are like, oh, I really don't know how I feel about him. Got to wait. The thing is with Sam, I think that this year coming up is crucial to his so, development. Yeah, to solidify himself. A full second year with Adam Gase, as much as I dis- disapprove of Adam Gase, that's a different conversation for another day. Believe me, we could do a whole hour on that. I could. <laughs> but... The thing with Sam is that he just has to be consistent. I think a second year, you know, consistency, continuity within his offense with Adam Gase, I think it'll be important for him to have a, you know, consi- he doesn't have to learn a whole new offense in another off season. So maybe we'll see some strides. I don't know. But I'm nervous as anybody, you know, shout out to our sports director, Bryce, fellow Jets fan. He's yeah. as nervous as I am. You know, he's, you know, we get excited over the season anyway, no matter how bad the Jets are going to be.
2: For sure. Every year is a new year. And but, I mean...
1: I don't know. Year three is the biggest year for him. And that's why I'm so nervous about this. And if he doesn't do well, maybe he's not the answer. But if he does, maybe we got something. I'm still not sure.
2: And Do you still think Le'Veon has, you know, that Steelers Le'Veon in the tank? How how much do you think is left there? That, you know, elite. He was the best running back for for a good portion there.
1: I still think that he does. Yeah. He's older. But the Jets just need an offensive line. Protect them, yeah. That's what Pittsburgh had that the Jets don't. For sure. Le'Veon Bell's running style is patient. He likes to find the holes and then go. He, he can't do that with a bad offensive line like the Jets had last year. They can't. They were a bottom-of-the-league offensive line last year. So this is why I think Joe Douglas's role is very important as the new general manager. Once played offensive line in the league, he has heavily emphasized a Lot of, many things that Jet fans love. Not trading Le'Veon Bell, signing Jamal Adams to an extension to keep him a Jet for life, and drafting and getting to the offensive line.
2: Yeah, for sure. In free agency,
1: whether that's free agency or the draft.
2: Yeah, one of the keys there, like you said, is getting that a good offensive line. I think if you do that, and then Le'Veon goes back to form, Mm. I think you know you guys can potentially make some noise. But I think yeah, for sure, shore up that offensive line and kind of go from there.
1: I think the the dream off season for me right now, and a lot of Jet fans have different perspective on what their dream off season would be. You sign a guy like Jack Conklin. Alex Stunney from the Patriots. You get him away from New England. You overpay for her offensive line because you have to protect your young 23-year-old quarterback. You sign him. And then in the draft, you kind of go in with some flexibility. The Jets also need wide receiver help if they're not going to bring back Robbie Anderson. Their wide receiver group is, you know, Quincy Noon was the hugest question. They have Jamison Crowder. They have Josh Doxon. Chris Hernan's the tight end, but he might as well be a wide receiver. He, you know, he's got hands like one. He didn't play all last season. So, but the Jets' biggest thing is offensive line receiver. If the Jets do their due diligence, if Joe Douglas does his job in free agency, gets top guys, gets young yeah. guys, that's the most important thing, 25-, 26-year-old guys that you can plug in on the offensive line and keep there and not worry about. If that's the case... I'm all for drafting a wide receiver 11th overall. Okay. I'm all for drafting a Jerry Judy. Yeah. And, you know, Jerry, I think, honestly, in this draft class, I think it's Jerry Judy and it's everybody and maybe else. maybe a
2: deep threat. Yeah. You know, you guys need that.
1: I, I like Judy. I think he's the overall best receiver in this draft. I, I like CeeDee Lamb. I like Justin Jackson as well. But I would be floored if the Jets get those two top guys in free agency, you know, on the offensive line, and then figure it out from there. You know, or if they – Go draft an offensive lineman 11th overall, whether it's an Andrew Thomas, whether it's a Tristan Wirfs, whether it's, you know, the the other guy from Alabama. I forget his name right now. But if they just they have to address it either way, draft free agency. It's got to get done. Yeah. You know,
2: we've seen a lot of these rookies, you know, you're saying that 11 pick is crucial, which it really is. We've seen a lot of those top picks, you know, come in as rookies and just light up the league. You know, we've seen that time after time. So definitely that's going to be big for you guys. And we'll see kind of where the Jets go this year. I'm hoping.
1: The Jets take years off my life. They really do. (laughs) They're my number one team. I love the Yankees, love all my teams, love the Knicks as much as they frustrate me. The Jets are my number one love. They will always be. And that may be unfortunate for me, but we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. Hoping. Hoping. I need one before I die. Yes, Please.
2: But now we will transition into a little segment we like to call... Take it or leave it. So I'm going to give you guys, you know, a little background, a little scenario, a little situation here. And then Nick and myself, we will decide if we are going to take it or leave it. We're going to do all three sports here. So we'll start off in the NBA. Uh, You know, the Lakers and the Clippers here, clearly the favorites from the Western Conference. But... There is, you know, some things going on here with the seeding. Clippers are currently in the second seed, but, you know, they're just a couple games ahead of Houston for that fourth, so they could potentially slide down. And if they got to that fourth seed, Lakers and Clippers meet up in the second round. So our question here is Clippers and the Lakers will, in fact, meet in this year's conference finals. You take it or leave it, Nick? Mm.
1: Honestly, I'd love to see it. Yeah. So I think I'll take it. But we know the West, man. I mean, they've been the deepest. They've been the deepest conference for years, for sure. So you got you can't discount the teams like the Nuggets. I mean, actually, I just got the updated standings. here. The Lakers, Clippers are number one and two.
2: Yeah, they just they they just went over the Nuggets for that two seed mm-hmm. um, five game win streak.
1: So then you got the Nuggets, you got the Rockets, Jazz, and you know I'll put the wild I put, I'll put a wild card in even though they're six is the Thunder. Yeah, but. You know, the teams like the Thunder, the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, they're, they're kind of separated. They separate themselves as the inferior teams in the West. But as it looks right now, you know, they're one and two. So I'll take this. I think maybe the team that has the chance. And I said it last week, I'm taking Utah okay. over, you know, I'll take them over the Rockets or the Nuggets. I like what Utah's got. I think if anything, Utah can sneak in there, maybe make a little bit of a run okay. here in the season. But as of right now, I'll take that.
2: Yeah, um, I'm going to have to agree here, even though I would love it if the Clippers were not in the conference finals because I see them as the only real threat here Mm -hmm. to the Lakers getting to the finals. And I think the thing I got to highlight here is just It's just seeding because not too long ago the the Clippers were in third seed and Houston was just a game back. Yes, now they find themselves a couple ahead of Houston, but there's going to be a lot of matchups here between the West and a lot of things change. We know Kawhi and PG, they load manage, they miss games. So there's still a good amount left here of NBA season. So I think the thing that I got to highlight is just if the Clippers do fall to that fourth seed, then it's all thrown out the window because then the Lakers and Clippers facing that second round and they won't be able to meet in the conference finals. But as it is right now, I'm gonna have to take it as well. Clippers—they're really deep. Clearly you got Kawhi, PG, Patrick Beverly, you know, Lou Will off the bench. So yeah. that,
1: those the Clippers aren't the, are the team you don't want to see.
2: I don't want to see it as as much as you know. I don't like to admit it because I'm confident in my Lakers and LeBron and AD. They are the only team that I really see as a threat. And you know that series, I would be surprised if it doesn't go six or seven games. But, yeah, they're the only team I do not want the Lakers to see. Everybody else, I'm 100% confident they can definitely be. But the Clippers, I'm a little bit threatened by them. I'm not going to lie. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So now um, we're going to move into some NFL talk here. We got, you know, Dak Prescott, a free agent. Uh, with the Cowboys um, last season. And, you know, the Cowboys are supposed to give him this big contract. That's what they're waiting on. But, you know, all these rumors around, you know, Brady, you know, that are still not sure with the contract. But our our next scenario here is, will Dak Prescott get $30 million or more per year in his next contract? You going to take it or leave it, Nick? Uh,
1: for the Cowboys, they should. They yeah. should take it. But – I think they're going to end up tagging Dak this year. That's okay. what I think is going to happen. After this year, it all depends on what the season Dak has. I think eventually, maybe next year, next off season, I'll take it. Okay. The thir- I know the I know the Cowboys don't want to pay him thirty million dollars yeah, a year. that's a lot. But if he balls out next year under a franchise tag, then maybe he's deserving of it. Okay. But I think this year they're just going to end up tagging him. So I'll so technically I'll take it. I'll take it for next year, though.
2: Okay. I, I think I'm going to have to leave it here. You know, they already obviously paid Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I think that will most likely sound with the Cowboys, mm-hmm. but maybe just under 30 mil. You know, he is one of the better quarterbacks, but I don't think he's in that, you know, MVP echelon type of thing. I think he's right below that tier. So I think, as you know, the Cowboys are going to want to get something done, and Dak wants his money, but I don't think they're going to give him, you know, 30 mil plus. It's just
1: hard to do because they're paying Zeke so much money. Yeah, that's the thing. And whether you like it or not, people think I'm nuts because I say it's not, people think it's not likely that Tom Brady's going to end up going to Dallas. I just think it makes too much sense for him not to. But... I don't really think that – I honestly, I really don't think the Dallas Cowboys are in on Tom Brady as much as, you know, I think that they are. But if you're Jerry Jones, you're not taking a call on Tom Brady. You'll be like, hey, you yeah. want to come to Dallas? You want to make the big bucks? You want to, you know, you want a big brand for your TB12 yeah. thing? And I think,
2: you know, Dak is, you know, definitely on, on, on a good stance right here because the Cowboys, if they don't get Dak here and they don't get Tom Brady – then where do you kind of go? That's bad
1: blood with Dak because then then that message to Dak is like, oh, they don't believe in me.
2: Exactly. So then if you you end up not getting one of those quarterbacks, then then where are you going from there? Obviously, you have Zeke, uh, Amari Cooper, but if you don't get Dak as your quarterback, then that's kind of a big question mark. So I think Dak definitely has some leverage here. I'll
1: end the Dak uh, comment with this. If the Cowboys don't pay him $30 million a year, somebody will. Somebody will. That's so all I'll say about
2: that. For sure. So now we're going to get into our last little take it or leave it here on the breakdown before we end off our show. So last season in the MLB, Pete Alonzo just came out He's hitting bombs left and right last season. He ended up with 53 homers. He is the home run king, you know, and there's a couple of surprises on this list just right after Alonzo. Eugenio Suarez last year, he hit 49 bombs from the Reds. Jorge Soler hit 48. And you have Bellinger at 47. But our question here is, will Pete Alonzo repeat? As the home run king next season, take it or leave it, Nick.
1: I will leave this one only because I kind of believe in that sophomore slump kind of thing. No,
2: that's yo, that's the exact thing I, I have in mind, too. That's I kind of cool. believe that.
1: I love Pete Alonzo. Being a Yankee fan, seeing him in Mets pinstripes kind of pisses me off. But I really like Pete Alonzo. Big fan of him. I'll leave this one only because I think he's still going to hit 40-plus home yeah. runs this year. But I don't think he wins the crown. Who I do think wins the crown is Christian Yelich.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm on the Christian Yelich hype train today, yeah. boys. Yeah, I love Christian Yelich as well. And uh that that's the, hard not to take though. Yeah, it's kind hard because he had 53 as a rookie and you know, it's just coming in. The thing is now, I feel like, you know, like you said, that sophomore slump, now the pitcher's kind of got a whole year on your tape. Now the pitcher's adjust. Now They pitched you differently. It's not going to be the same. So can Pete Alonso adjust and still hit a lot of homers? I believe so. Mm -hmm. But will he still, you know, get upper 40s, 50? Not too sure. So I'm going to have to leave it. And like I said, you know, the National League and uh, the MLB overall is just filled with, you know, guys who can hit bombs. Like I said, Mm -hmm. Suarez, Soler, Yelich, And you got Nolan Arenado. I mean... There's a lot of guys, Nelson Cruz, and obviously Mike Trout can fill it up yeah, as Mike well. Yeah,
1: Mike Trout could. So absolutely.
2: There's a lot of candidates there that could potentially have that home run crown. But as of now, I might have to leave that too. All right, fair enough.
1: And that will wrap up yet another episode of the breakdown here on ninety point three WESS. Andy, another show in the books, my friend. For sure,
2: it's been a pleasure. Thank it's always you guys. fun.
1: We love doing this every week. We will not be here next week, unfortunately. Yeah, spring wah, wah, wah. break. Spring break. We're gonna we're gonna get a little bit of a break, which is a nice. Bit. But we will come back next Thursday at five, same place, same time, same time, baby. Two the weeks breakdown. from now,
2: all things sports this is where you want to be.
1: Yes, we love what we do. So thank you guys so much for tuning in here on ninety point three WESS, East Strasburg University in East Strasburg, Pennsylvania, for Andy. Perez. I'm Nick Federico. This has been the breakdown. Stay tuned for a 90.3 WESS news brief. See you all in two weeks.